Ew. Smells like it's time for another Shy Life podcast. <laughs> Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. Oh, it's the Shy Life podcast. Oh, there's going to be some drama ahead. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. Hello. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? Good boy. He's not all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello, Paul. Excellent. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, the Shy Yeti. I was talking in the background, what's going on? Um, um, yes, hello, we're back again. Um, Martin's here, Martin Holmes. Hello. How are you? Chuckling, chuckling. You, you, oh, oh you, do, you can't help me, you made, you made me chuckle before we came on air. Oh, sorry. yes, I did, sorry. Um, <laughs> listeners, what, what are we going to be talking about this time? Well, um, we've run out of years. Who ye- knows? We've run out of years. We could just, I could, I could, I could just talk to Martin about, um, we'll find that we're going to talk about the music of the 1910s or something, ah. except that there's nothing I could... Hey, heck. We talk about I remember as the Titanic went down, the band were playing <laughs> Nearer My God to Thee. Yes. You must remember it well. But, uh... Ah, well, you know, <laughs> it's my, my fault. I was steering the iceberg at the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to pick up, sort of, except... Um, we can't remember quite Wibbly what we talked time about last time. We may not be. We, we can't remember what we talked about last time. Yeah. So this may have no connection to anything we ever said before, or we might repeat ourselves. Yeah, we might do. Um, if you remember, <laughs> listeners, after we finished the nineteen fifties, we had an episode where we talked about. I, I wanted to help Martin. Was it the theremin episode? Ooh. You're a very good theremin. You should appear on Dark Shadows. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I did feel bad because we talked. We started to talk about the seventies um, at one point. Martin and I, and we got to a, the point where he was getting quite excited, and I had to say, "Sorry, we've already done that." But so we, last time dun, we spoke, dun, dun. You know, last time we spoke, we kind of talked about the bands of the mid to late seventies. Although we didn't get that far because it, it took quite a long time. So I'm hoping to sort of go roughly. Um, what was I, was I, was I, was I, was I, was I going on a bit? No, no, no I... it's just that there were more <laughs> bands. Rubbing on. Well, we were kind of going through the big hits of. Yes. say 1975 and stopping and talking about particular bands but talking about their whole mm. careers and, uh, and and that did take longer than, than, than expected but I'm just hoping we don't end up talking about the same ones again but uh, um, we'll go for the one hit wonders this time I mean they, they, they didn't have long careers we have, we'll go for the ones <laughs> with the short careers that'll, that'll, <laughs> that won't take as much time well let's run the theme music when we come back we'll, we'll get nattering again and we'll see what We'll see what we come up with, and hopefully not too many repeats. Um, yes, let's run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yes, but it's a positive thing for the High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. I'll, I'll go anywhere for potato. Delicious. Hello, campers. How are you? You quite like a big bang, don't you? Go Shy Yeti. Oh my, I think I've found out my secret. Do you think he 
I love the Yeti test. It's my favorite thing. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I, I'm strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> I could eat more body weight in crisps <laughs> every day. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? It's all green. It's yum, 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 yum. the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah. Marvellous. Marvellous, Paul. Hi there. So so we're, we're back, yes. Um, I was thinking about, you know, even people like David Bowie, I don't think we have talked about David uh, Bowie as, uh, like... I mean, that, that, that's an episode in itself, really. I mean, 1975 was a weird well, year because that's when uh, Space Oddity was... But it says that's when it was number one. Was it number? When, did it not get to number one the first time around? I know it it, it charted in the in the late sixties. Um, oh, you'd know more. I'm. It's funny. I was. I hesitate to say this because people take you outside and 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 beat you with sticks. But I was never a huge Bowie fan. I. It's funny enough. I I like the Bowie I've got. But uh, and I I I seem to have some Bowie vinyl, but I don't. I think I think I acquired that. I don't think I necessarily bought it, which uh, which sometimes happens with record collections. Things sort of end up with you. Um, so uh, I, I've, I think we've got Diamond Dogs somewhere on the shelf. My sister had uh, Bowie pinups in her record collection, so I would have been a f- familiar with Bowie. But I, when you know, there was a great outpouring when Bowie died. Uh, Bowie, 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 Bowie. Bowie. Uh, it's a whole. I mean, it's a whole episode of how do you pronounce his name? But um, um, there's, um, you know, I didn't feel any. You know, people were really upset, and 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 I, I didn't feel that connection. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I've got the single. I heard the singles. I was, but I, I was never a big sort of uh, Bowie follower. So I didn't feel that that hole in the world that people do feel about Bowie, and yet. He, he did have an incredible career, and the more you sort of unravel it and the more you discover, uh, the more interesting it becomes. I um, I mean, specifically, one of the things that got me uh, into into the, the, the Bowie Bowie um, um, mindset, oddly enough, well, two, well, two things, but one thing specifically was, was Live Aid. Because he did Heroes on Live Aid, and and then there was that uh, duet with uh, Mick Jagger, and I did buy the single of that. Um, but there was also Absolute Beginners. I have the seven-inch single of Absolute Beginners, so I was I, I sort of came to Bowie in that sort of late eighties period. Uh, at the same time, weirdly, when I also properly discovered the Rolling Stones again, the, the Jagger connection. Uh, but they but they were both sort of. I was a rubbish music buyer, and my sister bought pop before that. So I, I think my first LP purchase was Judas Priest, and people were—I think people were desperate. People when I had school friends, they were desperate for me to show interest in any kind of music at all because it kind of passed me by. I didn't buy LPs. I didn't, you know, it, it was weird. I, I listened to my sister's stuff, and. And my sister was nine years older than me, so I just I didn't spend my pocket money on on records in, like people of my generation are supposed to have done. Later on, I did, but at that stage, 
I, I didn't really do that. So I didn't discover, but I remember going to somebody's house, uh, elder sister, uh, some reason we were in the elder sister's bedroom. Let's not dwell. Uh, but the walls were plastered with, uh, T-Rex posters, Mark Boland posters, you know, and the whole play, it was like, you couldn't see the wallpaper for these posters. And I'd never heard of the guy. I feel like we, well, we would have talked about T-Rex when we talked about the individual years, mm. but, um, yes, I think the trouble is he wasn't having hits at this stage, but there are some, well, no, but I would have watched, see, that's the thing, I, because I, I watched television a lot, I watched his, his Boland serial, Mark series that was on. I, so I tended to see things like Supersonic, you know, the, the the ITV pop music programs that were on, I watched. So Supersonic was on Liftoff with Asia, you know, um, like I say, Mark, the base, I would have probably watched Shanga Lang, you know, and uh, that thing that Roy North did, you know, it was all those things. I, I saw the pop acts, but I saw the pop acts through the, the lens of television. I didn't really sort of seek them out. I, did, I wasn't an avid Top of the Pops listener, you know. I think we did mention last time uh, Susie Quattro, and I was very aware of Susie Quattro. Maybe it's because I was a teenage boy, and you know. But but I was very aware of, of acts like that. I was very aware. Of, I mean, I, I think I've talked about this before, but the... I had the uh, we did school projects and and I had the looking uh, a looking holiday special or whatever it was and we did articles based on this so uh, people like uh, David Essex would be on the cover or, or Mud or Shwadiwadi so those sort of acts were around and I was aware of them but I don't think I necessarily was aware of them as music I was aware of them as features in a magazine if that's not a completely when, weird when, way when of doing these episodes. Thing. I often find myself wandering off. Um, you know, I, I did download quite a few Susie Quattro albums and, and listened mm. to at least one or two of the early mm. ones and found some good album tracks. Mm. And, uh, and the other day, there was uh, somebody tweeted a David Essex song called Lamplight, which I, mm. I found out was like a, a top mm. seven hit, but I'd never heard it. And it was quite mm. weird for, for, you know, it's not what, mm. it's not the typical. David Essex, there's one or two yeah. around that that sort of 74, 75 time. Well, I know that we, we talked about last time because I, I, I always find myself adding things to my uh, Amazon wish list and I found that whatever last time, I must have added uh, this two mud LPs I've added to the maybe buy yeah. one day list. So, <laughs> you know, I was obviously, you know, I, I, was, I enjoyed mud, mud was fun. You know, but there were lots of acts like that that I was aware of. Like I say, uh, Alvin Stardust, all these, we were aware aware of, but I didn't go out and buy their stuff, you know. It, it was just peculiar, that. But, of course, there were some big... Because, uh, I said, my sister was, like, nine years older. So, so in about 1976, I'd have been 12. So she'd have been in 20, 21, you know, years old so she was going out and buying lp so she bought something like one of the lps we still have is the new goodies lp because the goodies were on top of the pops a lot so my sister bought the music and i just basically stole it <laughs> yeah i didn't have anyone to steal music from unfortunately but no that's the big yeah. brother syndrome you see being the little yeah. brother you always get to, to nick your big uh, I, your, your elder siblings um, so, music so collection. david Bowie, barry 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 um, bye bye, bye bye. Space Oddity was number five when it was first released, and then it was mm. number one when it was really re-released in '75. Mm. Um, I, I suppose I should tell you my my way in with. I'm a, a bit like you. I well, I was 
Thank you. <laughs> I just been bought tea. My, um, cool. my, um, you have servants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was, I was kind of upset when he died, but um, there was a few songs that he released because mm. he did that where he kind of released an album and then died the next day or something like that. Right. Um, and and those those albums, are, I mean, really. I like seventies Bowie. I think, mm. with some exceptions and some singles that I mm. like, but but you know, I think after um, Scary Monsters, Super Freaks, mm. if that's if a Scary Monsters, I, mm. and that's the single I get confused as to whether mm. the album that has Ashes to Ashes on. Anyway, um, but I've got the double yeah. CD of the singles collection, which I think is the only Bowie I've got on CD actually. Mm. You know, which is probably probably makes me shallow as heck, and, and all the Bowie fans will be rolling their eyes. But, but what I mean is that I don't think there's a Duff track on it, mm. and it's funny because something that comes up on Pointless, and I'm thinking, I'm you know, the question comes up on Pointless, and I'm going TVC one five, yeah. and like people are going, what? You know, the, yeah, yeah, that'll yeah. be a pointless answer, and of course it is. But <laughs> yeah. but it's just, and, and I'm thinking, how do I know a track like that when I, you know, I probably couldn't. I I, th- I think basically I do. I like mostly. I like the more upbeat tracks. Mm. So the the more worthy um, songs that people love around the time he died. Mm. I'm kind of like I'm just not growing up enough mm. to enjoy this. Well, I suppose um, the <laughs> other thing is that I I mean I was a student in the first half of the eighties, well the, the the early to mid eighties, shall we say, and that's when I was doing my studenty thing. So obviously there were student uh, events which had played music. So so I was more familiar with the, the sort of blue jean period, if you see what I mean. The, the, the that sort of sort of like resurgence, that eighties resurgence period, really, from ashes to ashes on. You know, it's kind of that was the Bowie I was familiar with, and I I knew the songs from, but. Like I say, it wasn't that I went out and bought them myself. I, I enjoyed them, but I didn't enjoy them enough to buy the LPs. You know? I don't think I bought any collections, let alone albums, of, of, mm. of him until the mid-90s. I used to listen... I finished university in Birmingham, mm. went back home for six months and applied for jobs, and finally got a six-month job back in Birmingham. Mm. Uh, I moved back literally to the same digs that I'd lived right. in, um, but just without any of my university friends there. And then for six months, and unfortunately, well, I could have stayed there longer, but unfortunately, that it, it did turn out to be just a six-month job. But for six months, I commuted from my old house on the bus mm. uh, round to West, from, from Erlington to West Bromwich. Mm. And, um, uh, and that was around the time when um, Chris Evans was doing his radio oh. station when he first did it, which then also led to him doing TFI Friday. And mm. he was every, that's when he was everywhere. And he was playing... Um, one, one day he played Suffragette City, right. which wasn't a Bowie song that I knew. Yes, and I really liked that, and that made me go and buy the greatest hits. Right, and then uh, back by about '96, somewhere I heard the album track called Andy Warhol, which okay. is a weird, kind of weirdish, weird song compared. It's on Hunky Dory, mm. and uh, Hunky Dory is probably still my favourite mm. Bowie album. Um, but I went through the stage of re- really liking most of the 70s albums. Some of them some of them I didn't like. For, you mentioned Diamond Dogs, and mm. I never clicked with Diamond Dogs mm. um, in my 90s period, but when, mm. when he died, I decided to go back to some of those 70s albums that I... Mm. And, and Diamond Dogs was... That's when I fell in love with Diamond Dogs, was in 20... 
six people or whatever it was. Well, I always come to things late. I mean, I, I came to Led Zeppelin late. I, you know, it's 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 weird. People will be listening to albums for years and I just they just would pass me by. Uh, I mean, the the poetry of the words, you know, I, 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 I love words and yet for some reason I don't, I never saw it in the music until much later. So all the stuff that people tell me about the insight and all that stuff, it, you know, that they've known forever. It, it's new to me really, because I suddenly discover this stuff and go, gosh, that's, that's an amazing lyric. That's a, an amazing piece of wordplay, but it's it completely and utterly passed me by until, you know, these more recent years. And I, I don't know how I sometimes, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> how I sometimes miss these things. That's, that's the thing that always surprises me is that, that these things are so ubiquitous and people, you know, it's all over the place really, really love these, these musicians. And yet I just, I just sort of managed not to, to notice them. I, I was the same with the Smiths. I, 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 people played the Smiths all around me when I was a student and I went home having finished my education as it was <clears throat> and without any Smith's LPs, but the nostalgia of other people having had them, I went out and bought some. But at the time, I, I was probably quite dismissive about, about these things. It, it, it's, it's kind of peculiar how blinkered I can be about music, I find. This, this will make you chuckle. One, one of my... Um... Probably one of, I don't know why, but one of my favourite David Bowie songs from the seventies is "John, I'm Only Dancing." Right. And I wrote um, when I was doing it's my like poetry. Uncle John, I'm Only Dancing. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that could be another. <laughs> but I did. Um, I when I did my live poetry shows, mm. I, I ended up sort of having a like a, a guest poet right. called jo called John Smallshaw, oh. um, and I wrote a poem called "John, I'm Only Rhyming." Right. And it was because John Smallshaw also uses rhyme quite a lot. I use rhyme quite a lot, okay. not not exclusively, but but I enjoyed writing with rhyme because yeah. um, people were sort of set to say it's quite dismissive. Other, of poet, rhyming other poetry, poets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. other poets don't like it, but listeners often do like it. Um, and um, the, the, the thing is, um, lots of there's lots of bad rhyming poetry out there. The, 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 the trick is not to do the bad sort. The trick is to spend the time to make it the good sort. Yes. And, and, and it's actually probably harder to write a good rhyming poem than it is just to write free verse. So yes. don't, don't, don't um, dismiss it. <laughs> actually try and make it good. Don't just, you know, it, are you not up to the, you know, you're a poet. Can't, you should be able to write all sorts of different poetry. Precisely. So I was quite, a def I was quite sort of, Sta um, standing up for rhyming, and so and John was using rhyme, so I wrote a poem called, called "John I'm Only Rhyming," and it was literally making the Mickey slightly out of people who looked down on rhyming, because um, uh, the 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 thing that uh, if you're only sitting there with other poets, fair enough. But my experience is was the people who don't like poetry or would, mm. wouldn't say they were fans of poetry, mm. they liked my poetry. Because <clears throat> they it understood did rhyme. it. So, so well, it did. So, yeah. so you know, the fact that some people have said that to me again made me think it's not as clear cut as don't do, don't write rhyming poetry. Because yeah. actually, some of your potential audience do like it, and it's actually hard to do it well. Yeah. So that's a challenge. Um, and and I'm I, 
and I certainly didn't succeed with every poem no. poem I did. But I, I I think I ended up feeling, you know, getting into arguments which I don't usually oh, get with people who who sort of, you know, there was some sort of a competition, and they were like, don't don't use rhyming poetry in it, and, and I was like, so, so what? Why? What? You know? I think we're all fond of a, of a good pause or a well placed break in a line i think that's a very good part of poetry generally the interesting thing to me was that i what the the only time i ever went to a poetry reading night i was just i mean i was obviously a bit drunk <laughs> but i just remember very very clearly just loving the fact that someone there were arguments breaking out over poetry in whatever it was 1990 whatever and i just thought you know, this is in many ways this is so uh, the coffee bars of the 17th century. <laughs> it's Byron challenging everyone to a duel. You know, it felt, oh God, people are arguing, but they're arguing about poetry. Isn't that a wonderful thing? They're not arguing about politics or other horrible stuff. That They were arguing about poetry. I just thought that was, or the content of poetry. I just thought it was a wonderful thing. And maybe I could say, I was feeling particularly mellow. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not usually comfortable with people arguing about anything. But, I mean, um, but that was just, yeah, that was sublime. That really was. Yeah, I, I mean, the sorts of poems I wrote suited, often suited, mm. rhyme because they were more comedy. They could be quite macabre sometimes, mm. but they were, they were quite comedy based. Did Did you set any of them to music? Did you ever find a musician who would accompany you with it? I, I, I did get well. I kind of sort of done that more recently mm. uh, occasionally but um, Harry my friend Harry and I have, do, have done that just this year although we haven't got around to recording it yet but I you always like little ukulele <laughs> or I did do my um, I think I've talked about this before I did the um, uh, I lost my heart to a Cornish pasty or whatever uh-huh. or um, uh, when I was down at a folk festival I kind right. of wrote a, folk, a spoof spoke uh, a spoof folk song but um but yeah, I mean, you mean you've never you've never dared to sort of do a karaoke night, but sing your own words. Well, I did do I did do a spoof on <laughs> "I Will Survive." Ah. And I did show, I did uh, I will eat pies and ah. I um, were well, there tomatoes. I, they did make me sing it once, but I, I generally it wasn't that I couldn't sing. Not that I can sing well, but it was more the nerves of singing that, yeah. that made me not want to sing it. There was certainly a point where probably the most well-known poet in the, in, in in Britain was Pam Ayres. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, she's still on TV because of her poetry. You know, she's doing yeah. a Channel Five show just recently. She's still a, a famous face, yes, um, to a certain extent from the off the back of of doing poetry. And, yes. Um, so, and, and most of her poems, as far as I can remember, or the ones I've read, have been rhyming ones. So, it just shows that rhyming isn't all bad, but. Uh, May not get you critical success, but uh, might get you success, <laughs> success. Ah, uh, but doesn't get published in the anthologies. Uh, uh, that's why you publish your own. Yes, well, I never like that uh, way where you kind of, oh, you know, send us some of your poems. Five pound a poem. Oh, who's making the money here? You know, oh, and, and who who are you actually? Who who? It's a bit like with our podcasts. If we kind of got collaborators or. or contributors mm. and we were sort of charged them to be well, you can be on our show but you've got to give us a fiver <laughs> and they'd be like sorry what why why would you want to do that who, who are you yeah. i mean we would never we'd never think of charging our collaborators or, or contributors to be on our show no. but in the poetry world 
But, a lot of it is to but, do with... And, but I'd just like to point out to listeners, uh, Tuple's uh, show, is that mugs are indeed available. I have got mugs, yes. I've got a Shadow <laughs> podcast mug. I've got a little notepad here. I've got stickers. Um, well, so far, the only person who's bought them is yourself, isn't it? <laughs> I know, oh, I know. But I, want to, I wanted some Shadow podcast merchandise. There's this handsome chap on this mug. You're braver uh, dealing, than me. Dealing, you're braver than me. I mean, I... I, I, I I'm not quite sure I can uh, can justify it yet. But, uh, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, it doesn't cost for the, anything for them to exist at, no. o- on the website. So, no, um, and uh, there's there's a baseball cap on its way. But <laughs> um, now moving on to, I don't think we've talked about, for instance, Roxy Music. Do you have any opinions on Roxy Music? Oh, well, Roxy Music are again. They're one of those bands. It's it's weird. I I I probably uh, have more. Brian Ferry stuff than Roxy mm. Music stuff. I I always forget how early Roxy Music were doing their thing mm. uh, because they, they sort of crop up and it's it's, it's about seventy two, isn't it? They're they're really yeah, early. that's right. Yeah. And I and I always I always sort of associate them with the late seventies, but you know they've been around for they're an old band by that well, stage. Well, we we were talking about. We were roughly last time talking around 1975, although mm. going off on tangents. Mm. Um, and 75 was the year they released their fifth album, and that's when they kind of st- stopped. I don't know. If, I don't know now whether they officially like said right, we're stopping, mm. but um, uh, they didn't do another album until 79, and I don't, and and that's it's like the, the two halves, although yeah. there were more more albums in the first half. I'm always amazed how, like I say, the the roots of Roxy Music, just how 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 deep they go, how far back they go, and it's always interesting to me that uh, you you put a, a glam collection together and Roxy Music are part of glam because I don't think of them as part of glam at all because the era I was more familiar with was when they'd sort of got rid of the Spangles, you know, and they started wearing suits. I do like both eras. I mm. mean, um, of the later period, the um, the single Angel Eyes mm. um, it's one of those things where funnily it's one of my favourite Roxy Music s- singles but it's also that's sort of the song, rock though isn't the, it yeah. but, the so, but the song Angel Eyes by ABBA is one of my favourite ABBA songs and they oh. both came out the same year um, and of course uh, one of the favourite characters in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly <laughs> <laughs> um, but, maybe not um, let, me, let me see yeah I, sometimes I do sometimes I get tripped up with mm. um What's a Roxy Music single, and what's a? It's almost like something you'd have on a on a quiz or on a quiz yeah. machine. Um, Roxy Music or, or Brian Ferry single, right? And, um, and you'd have to press the mm. uh, because there is, I think, there was one that I got tripped up with when I was doing right. a quiz with with Callum recently because um, I always think that because their the, their cover of Jealous Guy after John Lennon died, mm. which was one of their biggest hits ultimately, it was a number mm. one. In eighty one, and um, that I was kind of think that's a Brian Ferry track, but it actually was released. It's not. Mm. A, it's a non-album single, but it, it was a Roxy Music single right. um, because Brian Ferry often used to do cover versions of yeah. classic songs and still does to this day. They come very much from the tradition of the art school band, don't they? That's the interesting thing to me about. I mean, I don't know whether they went to art school or not, but there's you know there's that thing in some bands of the era where they had a very uniform look and everybody wore similar clothes. It was almost like they were one of those bands where everybody was 
being an individual and I, again you get that with the the, the bowie uh, people as well you know it's it, there's a kind of it, it, there's there's like the guy in the in the in the jacket and bow tie in the middle of the stage and then everybody else it looks like there's been an explosion in a clothing factory you know it's kind of it's there is it's an interesting way of going i find yeah i mean it's quite a, it's quite a big change if you see them on old grey whistlepest yeah. um uh, early on and then you see them five, even five years later. There's just a kind of, I think, I don't know, there, there seemed to be a thing where people got to the sort of, I don't know, mid-80s, and they looked at the photographs of themselves ten years ago and thought, God, what were we wearing? And suddenly they all they all turn up in black jeans and, and black T-shirts. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, I've said that before about kind of the only real musical, um, like, era I was part mm. of was Britpop right. when I was at university, and that's not necessarily... I mean, I do look... You know, in Sutton Park, I look younger, um, but basically I'm wearing jeans and T-shirt, yeah. except for the time I decided to cut my own fringe right. um, uh, because I couldn't afford the hairdresser. Uh, and really, that's what I cut was the fringe. I didn't... It's the only bit you could see. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see, but you go... Um, but there aren't that many, what I would say, you know, compared to like people who were goths yeah. or people, or a lot of people who were around in the early 80s, perhaps go new romantic people, mm. or um, there are some bands that you follow where the fashion, when you look back at the photos, or if you like, if you were a, a real punk yeah. and you got pictures of yourself with Mohican, I don't have anything really like no. that. I might have dressed up as a, I don't know, something silly for Sutton Park, yes. but. Um, that's that's slightly different because I wasn't wearing that all the time. Um, I mean, I, I say that with a mixture of sadness and relief that that the silly photos of me are. Uh, I knew I was being silly when right. I did them, um, but you did. You, most of your clothing choices were very mainstream. Is that what you're saying? That well, they were because yes, you weren't until, an eccentric. <laughs> I, I, I you just, just wanted, a rebel. To, be, you I'd wanted say, to be. I say I wasn't a rebel because I brought, I let my parents buy my clothes right. for me from a, from the Grattan catalogue, okay. um, be, <laughs> oh, because it, it, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, my dad, my dad doesn't like jeans to this day, but I didn't really own a pair of jeans until I, kind of, that was me rebelling right. buying a pair of jeans, like after I left university. Are there are there I, many I pictures of trans. you then in tank tops, and and penny yeah. round collars and. Things like that. No, uh, or you you a bit late for that? Probably a bit late for that. I mean, there probably are some seventy mm. me in as, as as a as a little one. I uh, uh, when uh, in, in, in her later life, my mother always lamented the fact that I only ever seemed to buy black clothes. Um, you know, and she always wanted me to wear more colours. And but the thing was, my mother wore hor- horrendously loud clothes. Uh, for whatever reason she chose to do that. But when I was a child, my mother obviously bought all my shirts, and there are some god-awful shirts in photographs. <laughs> I, you know, flowers, bloody uh, cowboys and Indians. I, you know, if, if it was the most inappropriate shirt for me to wear, she would, she would buy it. Bless her. I always remember um, Jarvis Cocker saying how his mother made him wear like lederhosen, oh. um, for a and, and I think I was. Well, thought, but she never went that far, to be fair. No, I was. I don't know. I always imagined Jarvis Cocker's mother being. Perhaps she was an older lady, but I found out more recently reading his recent book about 
uh, where he's going through all the bit junk and bric a brac mm. that he kept up in his loft. Mm. Uh, if anything, she was quite a youngish mum, so right. uh, I, uh, it's kind of more even more surprising that she she must have known that that wasn't going to be, that was going to yeah. be embarrassing, but. Uh, um, well, maybe it came down to finances, but uh, maybe it did. I don't know. I mean, it is. I mean, it it's true how many uh, students, uh, you know, did most of their shopping in in the thrift stores. You know, so it's. Uh, I, I mean, we, you know, I I used to sort of look look for some strange clothes, but uh, they would, uh, yeah, mostly for parties. Actually, to be fair, I was very conservative. I I, I always think you know. I was possibly the least arty art school uh, graduate there's ever been. I just didn't. I, it, it, I say I didn't discover Bowie. You know, I mean, I walked around in jackets and ties. You know, it's, maybe that in itself was a statement. But I, I almost felt it was an it was not not a statement. It was just I didn't know how to rebel, so I just didn't. You know. Uh, I mean, I I was known for liking, um, well, within my world of of, of people. Yeah. Uh, I was known for liking ABBA and the Beatles during right. the 80s, or during the mid part of the... the so yeah. after ABBA... After ABBA had, You're I anachronistic, think, Paul. Well, I could probably get away with the Beatles more. Uh, the, uh, ABBA wasn't popular after they split amongst people, young people. It was always people's mothers who said, yeah. um, oh, I liked I like ABBA, which didn't really help. Um, but the, the Beatles you could get away with I remember winning a some sort of prize at school for English, mm. and there were being some books and the, being able to pick a book, mm. and I picked a book about. In, this would be nineteen eighty seven because it was when it was when it was twenty years ago today mm. um, since Sergeant Pepper, mm. and I bought I I chose that book, yeah. and my English teacher wasn't that happy about that because he obviously didn't see. He saw probably saw that as a, well. That's a music prize, mm. not an English prize. Mm. But to me, what I liked about the Beatles, partly, would have been the lyrics, mm. and I would have thought. I mean, that's what that's where my love of poetry comes from. Mm. Is more song lyrics than other mm. poet. I mean, my dislike of poetry mm. and my love of lyrics mm. is where I come. From. I, I hated the poetry we studied at school, and I started writing spoof poetry mm. of, of like Sylvia Plath and things mm. like that um, uh, because I thought you know you just put a load of words on the page and pe- and, and say there's a reason to it and mm. and that kind of spit that sort of made me think well um, you could have a character you could have a character in a story who who writes all sorts of poetry yeah and she she hates what she writes but she knows that some people or, or she kind of likes the tricking people into yeah. thinking there's a reason a, a meaning to um, I did I did sort of have a character like that one of my stories well, cl- class- classical poetry can still be quite obtuse can't it but i think yeah. the interesting thing is that you know despite maybe being a very you know conservative small conservative uh person in terms of like you say being still dressed by your mother but it, it you would still it, it it takes a lot of gumption to go and stand on a stage and read out your poems i mean i don't know I mean, how much older you were but but it, yeah, it, 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 it it's still and that is you know that is borderline avant-garde. I mean, the interesting thing about what you were saying about ABBA and the Beatles in the era you were listening to ABBA and the Beatles when nobody else was, is that people were circling that with things like the Nolans, and the Nolans was nothing like that, but that's mm. that was what people were thinking. It's that sort of 
circle of music. It's like when steps were popular in the late 90s, people say, oh, steps are like ABBA on acid. Mm. (laughs) I mean, steps have have proven their worth to certain extent in that they still exist, Mm. um, but they they must know that they're not of that league. Um, But, uh, you know, fun enough if you're in the right mood. But um, well, enough real musicians now will tell you that that the actual music that uh, Bjorn and Benny write is is really technically yeah. very good, just structurally very good music, and they'll tell you that now. They might at the time have grudgingly accepted it, but mm-hmm. uh, I suppose what you've you've got to remember is this is running in parallel with punk, where if you could hold a guitar, you were on stage. And you know you didn't have to know any chords if necessary. You know, I mean, I, again, I know there's an awful lot more musical skill in actually the punk bands that survived, but it it had democratized music, and so anybody who felt like they could do it gave it a go. Quite a few fell by the wayside, but and there were some very good musicians came out of that era. But but there was that sense that the technical side of music was was old hat. I mean, you think about. Uh, the late 70s and you've got prog rock still happening Mm. you've got people like queen doing these you know incredible um musical structures but then realizing that to sell records they have to do something a bit more basic but still technically very well done let's say you've got abba in the in the early 80s still just about hanging on but they are you know they are the the skill of music it's it's funny because we live in an era where we're, you know, we're supposed to not respect experts where anybody can do anything and everything like that. But we and we've and we try and de-skill quite a lot of things. But actually, we still appreciate the people who are actually, you know, there are people who are quite good at this stuff, and I mean, sometimes we dismiss them as our peril. You know, I mean, it's it's funny because there are people, even though it wasn't a wasn't a, 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 a big hit for Abbo. In fact, I think mm. Blomange did a cover version mm. and got it higher. Um, the Day Before You Came by Abbo, mm. some people would say, have said, oh, I, I've said like, it's their best song, mm. and other people have said, no, not not the sort of Abbo I like at all. Mm. It, it's very, it's very uh, Marmite. I mean, mm. I, I, like, I, I like it. I think it is one of the best but songs. But you can't but... dance around the kitchen to it. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But then Dancing Queen isn't my favourite Abbo song by any no. means. But it's partly... Well, that which kind of brings us to the sort of songs that are played so much that you would care if you'd never heard them again. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd go that far with, that, with Dancing Queen. I think I would still like... But for instance... If I never heard Bohemian Rhapsody again, mm. uh, as great a song as it is, mm. I, I don't think I would mind if I didn't. Well, the hear thing it about that is, you could probably do, do a reasonable version of it in your mind because you heard it. Yeah, so exactly. Much. Yeah. If you were, if you're on your desert island, you wouldn't need to hear it. You could just, no. you could just imagine it because it's so familiar. It is interesting. We, we're going through the uh, the earworm uh, period, and I, I, it was funny because. Uh, <laughs> Inappropriate though it may be, uh, when we had the, uh, the the royal funeral recently, uh, for some reason, and I know it's a, it sounds terrible, but I woke up and the tune that was going through my head was going underground. Now you know you could say that's 
that's the horrible thing to say but that was the tune that i just could not get out of my head that morning it was just and it's, uh, that's you know the jam just and it just sticks in your head and i get this with lots of tunes i sometimes find that actually a, a tune is so stuck in my head that i have to go and track down the cd to play it and that sort of releases it i don't know if you've ever had that but uh, I, I mean i've got certain uh collections like i can i can chop vegetables to when i'm cooking uh and yet and the, the you know like uh, compilation albums and i know purely from the last bars of one song what the next song is going to be because of the familiarity of that compilation and in that order and if i put it on random it would throw me completely but the the, the strange thing is that these things lock into your head so you know some days you really do wake up and think ah i've really got to listen to some jam today or some smiths today or some abba today or you know it 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 just seems to be your subconscious is almost like saying there's this in here you need to listen to this and, you know yeah i mean what happens. i i still are constantly on the search for Either either old songs that are new to me, or just new songs, mm. um, not necessarily. Well, I've spent a long time artists. thinking someone like I mean, I, you know, I I genuinely was a bit sick to death. I used to buy quite a few of his LPs, but I got I got a bit sick to death of Elton John. Got very sick to death of him. And despite the fact I had some CDs on the shelf or some LPs in the, on the on the other shelf, I didn't really play any. And then I watched uh, Rocket Man, and I just sat there thinking, God, these songs are good. And uh, over the course of the next week, I just sort of listened to everything I had again, and it was like listening to it for the first time because suddenly, you know, my eyes had been opened to. Actually, all this stuff that's on my shelf that I've been ignoring, there's some pretty good stuff in there. In your case, it probably it made you go back to what what niggles me is that it's sort of it's like dipping in. It's like for people who don't know much about Elton John, it's like dipping in. Oh look, there's some good songs. I remember that one, and it's all the mainstream ones, and it's. Um, yeah, yeah, but an album like my sister had um, Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player and uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road in, when I was growing up. And Goodbye Yellow Brick Road has got some fabulous stuff that's not singles on it. It's, you know, I mean, even that Funeral for a Friend opening is just, it's just kind of wonderful. And it's, and that's a bit, almost sort of steps into prog rock, you know. But that's the funny thing. Uh, do you actually, do you still it, it, discover bands now that you've not heard anything of. Old ones or new? I'm still discovering well, at all. new I mean, bands. I, mean, I've, I, I know I've got, for example, I've got, because I bought them because I was talking about it with some, someone at work, I've got a, a set of uh, Sisters of Mercy album, which I listened to once, and I thought was, you know, interesting. But I've got LPs like people like Hot House Flowers, you know, or um, uh, stuff like that that's probably I've not heard in years. But when I put it on, it's just, oh, that's that's really interesting. Um, Tanita Tickerum from the, from, mm. from the sort of mid-'80s, you know. It's, and these were sort of stuff that I was buying when I was a student or mm. shortly after I was a student, those few years uh, when I actually had, you know, income and, and no mortgage. <laughs> I mean, it does help that I... I sort of was probably buying singles regularly into mm. the te- into the tens, but then pop went for. F- I liked, I liked like in the noughties, as, as well as like liking some indie bands or mm. rock bands. I mm. I liked 
electropop. I, I like the, the, I like I like there was for a stage where everything was kind of a little bit electric, a little bit mm. sort of uh, even the pop, you know, even the pop. It wasn't sort of Whitney Houston ballads. It was it was quite clever and quite upbeat, and and I really liked electric pop. And then they went in the mid twenty tens. Everything went a bit minimal. I, I like lots of in my pop music. I like lots of little squiggly noises in the background and and production. I like a lot of production. I, I um, and it all went yeah. a bit minimal. And then around 2020 it sort of emerged and it was back to how I liked it and I but I I kind of lost interest a lot uh, other than the odd you know yeah. album by maybe an established band I knew or singer um, mm. but I have um, a friend called Adam who's on, uh, on a show called Foul Monkeys in the States and he's in his mid 30s mm. and he's into pop and we discovered we had some things in common um, mm. as far as our musical tastes from the, from the noughties and stuff, yeah. and we talk about, and then he and he's he'll sort of say, "Oh, you should listen to. Have you listened to this?" Or you should, and, and it got me back into the yeah. habit of listening. And I discovered there were some new people I didn't know, and it's really how. And now I think yeah. partly my ears are back tuned into what I like, and also yes. YouTube knows the sort of and it kind of recommends things, and sometimes it it, it misses, mm. and sometimes it. I, I'm so I'm finding I, I, it's not always that people recommending. I'm actually finding. Some things, um, and, and and my my friend my friend Callum, I think he listens to a podcast or something which has like new songs. He's more into rock, but he mm. he does listen. He he's aware, and and he, if he hears something with a female vocalist or something he thinks I'll like, uh, there's a band called Wet Leg yeah. who are a bit quirky, a bit B fifty twosy, and. Yes. Um, one of my, my my younger friends, who's like in his early thirties, he went to a Spanish uh, music festival and Wet Leg were there, and and right. and he said they were really great at live, and and it reminded me of when I used to go to gigs, and um and mm. it makes makes me happy that I mean they're not the sort of band I don't think they have a top forty hit, but their album I think was number one, no. um and, and um so yeah, it's just harder to find some of these things, and yet not if you know where to look. Well, my mate Sandy's always trying to sort of persuade me about music because he goes to a lot of gigs, you know, and he still does, and he still discovers new music, and he still uh, goes and sees gigs of bands he's known for 20, 30 years. He's, uh, so, uh, and so occasionally when he gives me lifts, there's a CD on. So I do, I tend to discover new music through other people these days. The fascinating thing to me is how often, and again, this sounds really naff. I mean, when you think about Muzak, you think about, uh, but actually quite often I've just been in a supermarket and heard a song and thought, oh, I'd like to hear more of that, you know, or the, the, the really weird route to music, which most people I think would find dreadful and think, God, this is so bland and terrible. But I actually find that if I just hear something on an advert, you know, <laughs> it can, it can send me finding all sorts of new stuff. Not, not so much soundtracks anymore because soundtracks seem to be much more structured, but uh, you know, I, I will discover a new band because they happen to be on the soundtrack of this film or that film. But generally speaking, I actually now find that something on an advert or, or even, you know, if you're sitting eating a your meal and and you're in a restaurant and some sometimes restaurants just put on a, a CD or or a, a piece of music or a, a, a channel and you just think wow that's good I'd like to hear more of that and that's now my route to new music it's because I don't really listen to music radio very much 
I mean, um, that, that's inspired me to think of two things. I hope we don't forget the second thing, but mm-hmm. when, I, when I play the computer game Fortnite mm. with um, Warren and Troby and your uncle John... Um, ah, your the, kids the, and your video games. Well, yeah, yes. when, when you get in the taxis or the cars, there's radio, there's music playing on the radio, which you can mute or listen to. Right. And I have heard one or two songs that I really like, but unfortunately they don't tell, tell you, you what, what you're listening uh, to. So I have to, like try and remember a snatch of lyrics and Google it when I come back mm. out. That seems like a lost opportunity. But mm. uh, um, but my, my, bug, my bugbear, and this is probably almost something for, for Vision on Sound as much as it is, for <laughs> me, as these episodes that we're doing today are quite rangy, we can go off and... Any time. One of my bugbears is pop songs that appear to add some sort of gravitas or something to a sad scene. Or, ah. like, mm. you're, I mean, it... It happens a lot on Home and Away. It happened on Neighbours, but I've even had seen it on like EastEnders, and so I think it's creeping in yeah. everywhere. Where you know someone's sad, and you get a, some some awful yeah. sort of guitar, some some sad sad boy singing a sad song because mm. that person's sad. This is just to emphasise this is sad. <laughs> um, in case you haven't worked out how sad it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm less bothered if it's like we're happy, we're happy. It's more, it's more trying to make a sad scene sadder by having a sad mm. song about how someone's very sad. Mm. That, that, that bothers me more than if they were going to a, a, a party or, or they were really happy about something. Although or, it did get, I got very um, wound up about the... Uh, they were using it on a BBC trailer a few months ago, the, the Les Fleur, uh, the Mini Ripperton. Mm. It took me ages to rem- first remember which thing I'd seen it on. I, I heard it in a pub. And I thought, oh, that's that song I really like that I heard on that advert. And I couldn't remember what advert it was for. And it took me days to work out it was on a BBC uh, promo. <laughs> mm. But yeah, when I finally tracked it down, yeah, that's the one. That's the one I wanted to hear. But, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, I think I think this. Uh, I, I was mentioning this on one of your shows that I, uh, because we've got Disney Plus, mm. I've been watching the later seasons of Walking Dead, which past the point where I gave up because mm. it's there so I might as well and at least it's got zombies in but it has been hard work but I've noticed in the and I, I don't remember I'm on season 10 mm. which is the they're currently doing season 11 but I think because of the pandemic season 11's gone on for decades but yeah. uh, but season 10 seems to have and I don't remember it in previous seasons like again that that seems to have the oh we're sad so there's a sad song mm. and and it feels even I can almost accept it in the soap operas because I'm sort of used to, to that now yes. and almost some of the soap operas and they've probably been doing songs in Neighbours and, and Home Away etc mm. for quite a long time um in some ways, all they at least have had characters who have turned out to have definitely neighbours who were singers. The yes. characters were that they were a singer, but it was also hopefully to promote uh, their, their careers. Yes. Um, but having that sort of thing on Walking Dead just I, that, that seemed when well, I noticed that the other day, that seemed weird because I, mm. I, I, I didn't feel like it was that sort of show where you'd have a song to show that people are sad or. Yes. Um, I feel like that might have come in. That might not have been the case before that season. I, I don't think it, it adds anything. In fact, it, I just kind of like, well, you know, where, where's this? I don't. You don't need I, to be told you don't, how to feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, I'm thinking, I, the, the, where's the song isn't playing in real time. Mm. It, 
so we're hearing it as viewers and it's set in a time where there would be no more music or, or no recorded music not that that matters because it isn't playing live but it makes, messes my head up messes my yeah. head up it just doesn't it's like if they suddenly had well I guess they do they did occasionally have a pop song the, 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 that David Tennant one with the master they had mm. they were but I think I, I can't I feel like that was playing in a like the master was all excited and playing some yeah. music but um but it would be weird if suddenly we had like you know if, are we going to have Jody regenerating and like Adele comes in the background <laughs> to, to, to sort of um, isn't it rumored to be playing. someone like Coldplay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, God this, help us. <laughs> this might even have, this might already have happened, but I've missed it. But but I, I don't think we need. Let, let's just stick to instrument. You know, with Doctor Who particularly, let's stick to instrumental pieces if we have to have music. Um, uh, but uh, look, I'm, I want to move on because I, I was just. just just a taking a little tiny, um, I've just noticed a little tiny part of Elvis Presley's career because oh, right. when we were doing the fifties, very, very much. He, yes. he was coming. He was coming in to being famous and having singles. And mm. um, but I noticed when I was editing the last one, fifty-eight and fifty-nine, mm. we were kind of going, "Oh, that was number one. Mm. That's that's not." It was like one called Don't or something, mm. and, and and there were quite a few short. And neither of us seemed to know what. They, and I th- and I when I was editing it. It's probably one of the reasons it took me a week to edit that episode because I kept stopping and they, oh I, I, yeah I just want to go and listen to that yes <laughs> I, I, I want to sort of I need to listen to some of these songs because I need right. to kind of go oh you silly boy you did know don't but actually a lot of the ones we didn't know about I mm. no I'd never heard I would say no I've never heard this song before right so it's kind of surprising that he had like number ones with songs that mm. were, don't obviously an Elvis fan would know but. Yeah. Um, at this point in our lives, we should have been exposed to enough Elvis to to, to know all the big songs. And mm. a song at number one, I would say, is a big song. Or, yeah. um, but I was surprised. How, and I was looking in the period we're talking about now. We're talking about the end of his career, mm. and and I'm shocked. And I can't see that that there is. Um, a le- I don't know if perhaps he's just stopped stopped having single hits over uh, here. Mm. I mean, it, whether he just released albums and the, and they charted i mm. mean he has sing, more singles in america than he had in the uk right in, in the early to late 70s before he died mm. um okay. but the singles he was releasing in america they weren't getting very high he had um um he he, he had sort of a few in the 1970 mm. I've lost you. You don't have to say you love me. Mm. Uh, a, a live version of the Wonder of You, um, and then the, there's uh, Burning Love in '72 and Separate Ways, which I don't, um, I don't recognise. No, no, I know that one. Um, but then, like, that's that, that's it. There was the, the singles in '70, some singles in '72, mm. and then he dies, and then has a. Uh, has has a hit because he's died um but i kind of didn't realize that he you know i thought he was i mean there were plenty of albums and Mm. singles that got did did sort of like got to number 35 in america or but not but not anywhere else um so i I just don't quite know what was going on with his his career um 
as far as releasing things, um, I, mm. I, I kind of thought it was more of a a shock. A shock when he died. I guess it was a shock, but because mm. he was young. But um, it, and I don't know what these figures, chart figures, actually tell us. No, I mean we we know like with with um, uh, Mark Boland that his big big hit days were sort of. Well, over, but he was actually still releasing things. They just yes. weren't doing very well. Although one of my favourite Mark Boland songs, "Laser Love," um, you know, number forty-one. But that's mm. if I was going to pick a T-Rex song, I would pick "Laser Love" because mm. I think it's a, a, a wonderful single. But uh, um, but but there just doesn't seem to be the you know much. Mm. There's lots. There's, I, there's lots. I do remember because obviously the one, the big hit that was after he died was "Way On Down," wasn't it? Which I yeah. way down. Yeah. And I do remember really liking that, and it, and a long, a long time later, really, that was possibly the reason I bought a particular mm. uh, compilation of Elvis because I just wanted a version of that. And of course, later still, he, when he gets rediscovered for things like Ocean's Eleven, and you get you know mm. a little less conversation, becomes a massive mm. hit, you know. Mm. So. I, it's it's a funny thing, isn't it? You you become instant nostalgia sometimes. I, th- I think also some of the ones I think of being seventies ones were actually late sixties ones, like mm. in the ghetto and um, suspicious minds. They yeah. they're both they're both in sixty nine and and they were um, that they were big hit because he was still doing his. I mm. think the last few films he did. I think. I mean, the last one was almost like a documentary. Well, I, I remember looking into the, into that, um, but uh, yeah, a little less conversation is is sixty eight. Mm. Uh, the, the the first time it was it was um, released, mm. uh, probably because well, he was doing Vegas, presumably in the seventies. I don't know if mm. that was a constant thing or a, doing it for a few months and having a break or. Mm. Um, but uh, um, I think um, we're, 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 we're coming towards the, the end of the episode, but okay. we'll, we'll just go on for a little bit, a little bit longer. I can't remember if Ick joins us um, for, for these episodes. I, I'll have to look Come back and see boy. whether. Come on in, boy. Well, he's become he's become a bit of a as far as on normal shows, he's quite sort of. Fine, nice old ick. Yes. The music ones just bring out the diva in him. Ah. Some of the the last shows we did, you know, he'd be, you know, I'd kind of dare to suggest that perhaps he did a bit more rehearsal, or yeah. and I'd just get it back in my face, you know, sort of back chat and stuff. Uh, okay. So I can't remember whether I gave up and didn't ask him uh, last time. Well, but, if, if if that was the case, we'd be feeling very snubbed. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm sure we will. We will get him back but um i was thinking that we, we might just um nip into 1976 i, I i'm not saying that we've i mean we're, we're, this hasn't this has been more like i, I use the years more as a, a a topic for bouncing off mm. um but uh we we've uh, I'm, sh- I'm and i'm sure uh so Trying to see, sort of, well, seventy six, of course, is notable for that's the year that uh, Brotherhood of Man won <laughs> song contest for us. Kippers for tea. Yes. Um, now, I think when I was y- youngish, after you know, 
uh, who would say in the eighties, say, say I was ten or something. If you, if, if I heard "Save Your Kisses for Me," I'd probably quite like that song. Mm. But as, as an older person, it it wrangles me that so, so at least one or two of their songs, it turns out that like that one's got the horrible twist of although you're only three, yeah! and, and, and it's like, yeah. or, or or they're singing a, dog, a song about, and it turns out to be about a dog or something. I, mm. I hate all those sorts of, uh, mm. where it's like a little twist, like Tales of the Unexpected, ah, if it was... In musical, three-minute pop song awful. form. <laughs> yeah, if it had it, 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 awful. Uh, <laughs> it's like... It's like la, um, la, 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 love, 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 then I killed you, tra-la-la-la-la. La. <laughs> I mean, I can accept, um, I think... Um, Oh, the White Album, the Beatles album, uh, I think Paul McCartney does a song called Martha, My Dear, and I think Martha was a dog, mm. but I think right. it's done in a, in a way that it doesn't make me physically sick. And actually, I've seen the picture of the dog, and it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's the sort of dog that somebody should write a song about, yeah. but uh, um, I guess... Well, I'd like you then again, was it, is it the other one, was it... Uh, does your mother know? That's always a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. it uh, I mean, and there's oh gosh, what's that? Uh, what's it? The the Ringo Starr one. Is it sixteen? You're wonderful in your mother. Uh, shut up! Stop it! Yeah. Stop it! Put her down! Although, Put her down! Although, um, I guess that was a cover at the time, but I don't know who who. I don't know if that song ever seemed appropriate. <laughs> Probably not. Um, uh, I, it's actually, there's a, there's a lot of really quite dubious. I mean, that one that people go on about, you know, the Pina Colada song. Mm. I always think there's, there's some seriously dodgy relationship stuff going on there because <laughs> you know, they both want to cheat on each other, and just because it happens that they want to cheat on, with the person that they're actually in a relationship with, somehow doesn't make the fact that they were trying to cheat in the first place doesn't doesn't make it right in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Bad song. I can't Bad remember song. the title. Is it is it like a woman? I I hate that. Is it a Bob Dylan one? Oh. Like, just like a woman, and, and mm. but she breaks like a little girl or something like that. I just yeah. that creeps me out. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't stand. That um, I think that's chiefly responsible for the reason I can't stand Bob Dylan, but um, <laughs> but also that he can't sing from a lot of his songs. Oops, I didn't say that, Ooh. but uh, no. He's... Well, you know, <laughs> oh, when you're yeah, thinking, yeah, man, yeah. I remember well, poetry is still there. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are one or two songs. Actually, I prefer when birds <laughs> the birds cover. He writes good songs that. Except for that one, that first one I mentioned, yeah. uh, he writes good songs that the birds could do much better than he can. Um, There's uh, a lot of uh, Bob Dylan covers out there. You know. Well, I remember, I remember. Um, now I think I missed the first Travelling Wilburys album. Mm. It's not, not an expression or sentence that mm. you hear many people say, um, no. but I did buy the second Travelling Wilburys album. Now the mm. Travelling Wilburys had, you know, it had quite mm. a had Jeff Lynne who I, who I like ELO so you know yep. any songs that he that, that he that, that he might have sung with Travelling Wilburys that, mm. that would have been good had George Harrison yes love mm. George Harrison um, Tom Petty had Tom Petty mm. I mean Roy Orbison I don't think Roy Orbison was around by the second one but mm. I remember being quite disappointed because of all of the you've got Bob Dylan of course part of mm. the Travelling Wilburys and mm. uh, for some reason somebody decided that Bob should sing lead vocals and I might be misremembering mm. this wrong but I think I'm not the the second album there was far too many 
songs where Bob was singing lead um, and, the, and the others were doing harmony and, and I was like, you've got Jeff Lynne, you've got Trump Petty, you've got George Harrison, come on, um, how do I have to put up with Bob Dylan singing lead on all these ones? It's, it's sorry. I don't know, because I, I, th- I do think a song like uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues is a wonderful, just a, it's a wonderful piece of writing. And, but the funny thing is that I, I think my first version of that uh, I ever heard was uh, probably with Jules Holland, weirdly. <laughs> say the chipmunk. So, I was going to say, the, you were going to say, it was when the chipmunk's doing it or something, or the Wombles version. <laughs> well, no, it's Jules Holland. It's, it's just a particular chipmunk, but maybe it was Squeeze, you know. It was, yeah. it was, but on some show I saw him doing that, and I thought, oh, that's a great I don't think later, later, much later, I discovered it was a Dylan. I don't thing. think I've given Bob Dylan a fair go, to be honest. But I think mm. my experiences have been... So negative I had a house that I haven't who was allowed a big, myself. Big fan, big big fan, yeah. and they they because I again I was the same. I was ambivalent, or I probably heard very little uh, Bob Dylan at that point. They did me a tape, they did yeah. me a tape, and I thought, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll, and I put it on in the car and just, oh yeah, yeah, this is really good. But you know, I I I wouldn't have chosen it for myself. But that's again how you come to things. But I remember I can miss out the poets, as I've said before. I did. I did intend to listen. There's is there one where, where about a boxer or something? I can't remember what that one's called by Bob Dylan. But oh, uh, the the boxer is uh, Simon and Garfunkel. No, it's not that. I know that one. But oh, right. There's some. There, there's know. a. Or maybe it was in a film where it was used and it was about boxing. Right. But there's a song by Bob Dylan. I remember thinking, oh, I quite like this one. I must explore that era of Bob Dylan. Yeah. And um, no, never really did. So I bet it'll you mean happen. Before, you mean before Judah? <laughs> before. It'll, it'll, it'll happen. Before he went electric. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll ha- happen sometime. We'll have a. Bob and I will have a moment. But. Uh, um, but you'll, you'll suddenly find his back catalogue and find it all wonderful. Yeah. Then you won't even know what you say. <laughs> it's like it's like he's in the room. Um, it's it's it's. I always feel that it's it's kind of like um, it's that thing where you go ring ring ring. It's like an engine. <laughs> <laughs> It's like someone's got um, someone's sort of got a chainsaw next door. I listen to the birds version. Now I've got a list, um, I'm, and we can. Uh, I just, I've just, I'm going to get hate mail. Uh, as we're coming to the end, we might just pop in a couple of. I don't know if they are one hit wonders, but certainly people who. Uh, you know, I've, I've never heard of. Um, so, I can tell you, as I say, I don't want to repeat too much of what we've done before for '76. Mm. But save all your kisses for me, or save your kisses for me. It's not all of them, just your kisses. No, um, just, just your. Yeah. Nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brotherhood of Man. That was the best-selling single of 1976. Um, and then don't go breaking my heart, Elton John and Kiki D. We probably need to talk about. You mentioned Elton John earlier. We probably need to talk about Elton John in some later episode because uh, uh, yeah, that sort of because Elton John's one of those people who obviously had his well, he was around like being a session singer. Then he was successful. Yeah. Then he had a period, perhaps late seventies, or, or or like. I remember there, there, there was a period, and the same with Queen, where mm. the singles weren't doing very well. And then, of course, mm. both Queen and Elton John came mm. came back and rallied. Um, mm. So, well, I'm I, interesting because I've got all the Queen CDs, but I 
can barely bring myself to put the miracle on. I find the miracle is just uh, just awful. It's just one of those, and yet it's got some great. It's got one of my favourite tracks is on that album, but as an album generally, I find it very hard. And funnily enough, the one that most people dislike, the disco one, Hot Space, I think has some nice stuff on there. So, so what do I know? Because, but, but uh, you know, the game is fabulous. I'm not very good with Queen albums in that I've never got into Queen and an album, even though I own some of them. I've never just not. You wouldn't know what was on which. No, I know. It, yeah, but, uh, but but those those ones that are the the less yeah. popular ones. You know, I mean, funnily enough, if I've got thirty five minutes to spare, you know, I tend to put Flash Gordon. Uh, so what yeah. do I know? <laughs> but, but we will talk about Elton maybe next time. Um, but um, Elton Wellsby and his famous lapels. Yes. But oh no, not not that one. But I can tell you, like the fourth, um, I'm skipping third deliberately because I want to look at this band the fourth highest selling single in 1976 was dancing queen by abba mm. the fifth was a little bit more by dr hook um yeah. that wasn't their only hit by any means yeah. um and funnily enough the funny thing is um that must that even though that's the fifth biggest selling single a little bit more it only reached number two so and and all of the songs in the top 13 other than that mm. reach number one so must have been a week when selling number two yeah i just think it probably sold a lot over a long yeah. period of time that's the thing it, i'm, I'm uh, that's I'm, my sister liked dr Hook. Mm. i think she certainly had an lp of dr Hook. um number six was if you leave me now chicago number seven was oh. fernando by abba okay. um i love to love my baby loves to dance by tina charles is number eight okay the the, the Russos Phenomenon EP by Demis Russos. Demi. I don't know if it's... I like Demis Russos. I don't know what... Um, Ange likes Demis Russos. Yeah. There's probably a particular... <laughs> Immortalised in a caftan. <laughs> there's probably a particular... Oh, is it Forever and Ever that's on that one? Um, oh, yes. And then number 10, December 1963, What a Night by the Four Seasons. So those oh, are the top okay. 10 singles, except I've still left that one out. Um, we've got other bands like Shwaddy Waddy doing well... Um, We've got Rod Stewart, we've got the Wurzels, we've got uh, all, all sorts. Leo Sayer, uh, You Make Me Feel Like Dancing. But number number three, I want to finish with with this because um, I don't know, it's one of those things, what, like we say, well, I don't know that song. Mm. You might know the song. I, I, I It's the third biggest selling single. It's called Mississippi by Pussycat. Oh, right. Uh, Mississippi. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know... So we're going to have a look. Okay. Uh, right, yeah. Mississippi is a song by Dutch country pop band Pussycat. Uh, right. It was the group's first number one in their home country as well as their only number one single in most countries. And um, in New Zealand and South Africa, Mississippi was their first of two number one singles. It was the best-selling single of 1977 in the Latin nation. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I need to find out a bit more about the actual band. Um, now, there, I was, there looks like there's four... Mm, everyone's got long hair. I was going to say... Um, I say that it looks like there's three women and four men, but I mistook one of the men for a woman because his hair was so long. Okay. Um, 
But, oh, there you sound like my dad now. <laughs> well, the picture is really small on Wikipedia, so I'm, I'm peering. Yeah, um, what's that? What's that monkey song? You know, like, oh, yeah. And you can't. You, and you go to a party, and you can't tell the boys from the girls. That one. Oh, three sisters. They were all. They were telephone operators in Limburg. Um, right. And. Looks like the men were in a group called Scum, <laughs> uh, and uh, one of them was in a group called Ricky Rendell and his Centurions. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yes, I was just say, oops, I'm just trying. Sorry, I clicked something. Um, just wonder if they did have any other hits. They had a lot. Of, they had they had quite a few albums in some, between '76 mm. and '83. Um, right. Don't think they even released. It could be a bit like they were like the shocking blue of the late, uh, yeah, the late seventies, but uh, or the later seventies. The, they did have one other hit in the UK um, called Smile. Um, with what well, was a double A side? Smile. What did they do to the people? That got to number twenty four. Um, Smile being, of course. The original band name Queen. that uh, the, the Queen yes. people were in. Yes. Um, you know how everything's connected. You know how um, sometimes when we did the music episodes, we we'd boggle at um, the name of the names of some of the singles, or they'd make sense. Yeah. And, um, so some of Pussycat's singles, I say, they 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 did well in the Netherlands and had other hits in the right. Netherlands, but. Um, so we've got uh, what else have we got? We've got my broken souvenirs. That's uh, okay. Well, that got to number two in Netherlands. Um, if you ever come to Amsterdam, with the double A side of you must have a beautiful baby. If you so, if you ever ah. come to Amsterdam, you must Amsterdam, have a beautiful you baby. You must have a beautiful baby. Mm, um, there you go. Uh, There's well, a reason not to travel. Yes. <laughs> wet day. Wet day in September. That's 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 very inspiring. Um, we've mm. got. Uh, Une chambre pour la nuit. Right. And te- Room for the night. Uh, yeah. And Teenage Queen. Uh, Teenage Queen. Okay. Um, but, uh, so yes. Uh, yes, they did. All in all. They did well to have the third highest selling single of, of 1976. Indeed, but uh, there's, I think there are, <laughs> there are plenty more areas we can explore. And big bands, small bands, some as big as your head. Uh, but uh, but um, I think we will keep the rest of of seventy six and beyond for another episode and and see where it leads us. I, I hope I hope we didn't repeat ourselves too much. I think we went out, we went in so many different directions that that it would be unlikely. And uh, uh, I hope we, we've meandered. Yes, I hope the listeners enjoyed. Uh, and we will be back for more ramblings of the late seventies, <laughs> the big the big hitters and the. Well, I mean, Pussycat was a small hitter. Well, Pussycat was a big hitter in a way. It's just that history does not remember them in quite the same way. uh, Anyway, thank you, Martin. And uh, always a pleasure. And uh, I I will, I will see what uh, Ick is up to. Whether he's going to sing us anything, but uh, (laughs) um, just, uh, just hold on. We might have Ick's version of. I mean, I'm sure he's done David Bowie before now anyway and in, in previous episodes but uh, well absolutely I'll speak to his agent <laughs> I'll speak to his agent anyway so okay. okie dokie okay. um, take care listeners and uh, we'll be back again soon bye bye for yeah, now goodbye take care bye
are you? Oh, I'm all right, Cromarty. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I just wondered why you were standing out here in the cold. Oh, I, I, uh, you know, I'm just not sure. I'm, I'm trying to build up, you know, build up um, uh, some 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 sort of uh, uh, confidence. What are, what are you doing out here? Oh, I was uh, just doing my afternoon walk. You know, even this time of year, I I go out and. Uh, Get some exercise. Oh yeah. Well, um, uh, listeners, um, uh, we're, we're standing outside X spaceship uh, near the canal path. Uh, yes, that's right, Paul. Uh, I didn't know you were speaking to the the listeners. Oh uh, yeah, you know. Um, of course, it should be said that this is where Toppy and I uh, saw the vampire joggers that time. Oh yes, I, I keep forgetting about that. Still, you know. Uh, it, it, it is, uh, you know, it is something that bothers me. You still have that device, don't you? Don't you? The one that's supposed to make you immune from the, them contacting you. Yes, Paul, that's true. Uh, but, uh, I, I, what, why is it that you are loitering out here? It's getting dark. I, I, I want to go in. What, go, go in where? The... To, to the spaceship? Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, well, why don't you just do that? Is, is Ick not there? Have you rung the doorbell? I haven't rung the doorbell, no. I'm just building up to it. What? What? What is going on, Paul? Come on. Uh, well, Martin and I just recorded an episode about 1970s music where we kind of ramble from topic to topic, band to band, um, we recorded, I, I hadn't done much preparation, but I'd done no preparation. And I'd, at the time of recording, I haven't even edited the first episode, so I can't remember what we said. It was a little bit of a, a quandary. I, I, I don't think that we've said the same things twice, but if we have, well, um, I'll try and distract uh, the listeners by putting some, some shiny paper up or something. Oh, <laughs> like magpies. Yeah, like magpies. I'm sure listeners can be distracted. Um, so they don't realise they're hearing the same episode twice. Oh, Paul, I'm sure I'm sure it's not the case. Well, no, we we bounced around so many different subjects. I don't think I don't think that we'll have repeated ourselves. But uh, anyway, but what is the issue, Paul? Why why are you so concerned? Well, because I haven't edited the first episode at time of recording. I can't remember if we had Ick back on the show. Oh, I see. Yes can't remember if we got Ick to come and sing some of the songs. The thing is, we've done, um, you know, the 70s before in a different way. This is more, it's a different type of conversation. Uh, I did the 70s with Nick, but it was more, uh, you know, here are the number ones. And whereas Martin and I were talking about, oh, we're talking about Roxy Music, or we're talking about David Bowie, or, um, and, 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 and I don't know if it's, if, if I should ask Ick to come back. I see what you mean. Um, but you're, you're concerned? Uh, you can't remember what happened with the first episode? No, I, I, I can't tell. I, I, don't, I don't think we did. I, I can't see a file. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, 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 oh, I got myself into a right old tizzy. Oh, Paul, I'd just go in if I were you. Yeah, 
yeah, I mean, he's a good friend. I mean, he's such a nice guy, generally. Oh, I think I know what you mean, Paul. He's a nice guy, but when you do the music episodes, uh, over the years, he's become quite the diva. He has, yes. But it's not just me. He, he has become a bit of a diva about it. He does very little rehearsal. He doesn't learn the words. He barely learns the tunes. He just sings whatever comes to his... And then when I dare to sort of call him out on it, he uh, he goes, you know, he just loses it. Yes, Paul, well, have you ever considered, you know, just singing it yourself? Or maybe getting Uncle John and I could be your choir. Yeah, yeah. Or there's Martin. I mean, Martin might do it, but... I just feel wrong. What if Ike finds out? He, he'll be furious if, he, if it turns out he did want to do it. Oh, dear, Paul. Well, I can hear the theme music coming. I think you'll have to decide. I will. I'll decide whilst the end theme music's playing, whether I'm going in or not. Oh, golly. Oh, dear, Paul. Well, I understand why you're concerned. Yeah, I'm glad you do. Oh, dear. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Good thing, George, but yeah, definitely time to come home now. Wow, really? No kidding. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh dear, <laughs> what's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Uh, guys, what's going on? Why are you two hanging around outside the spaceship? Uh, you'll get freezing. Well, uh, Yeti Uncle John, I was just on a walk. Um, Paul is here to see Eek, but he's nervous. He's what? Nervous? Uh, yes, I- I'm nervous because I want to ask Eek a favour, but I'm not sure if I should. I'm not sure if... if Oh, uh, well, Paul has, has done an episode with Martin... You know how uh, Martin Holmes, that is. Uh, not, not, not Sniffy Martin. Yes, yes, all right. Uh, what, the music episodes? Yes, you've been on some of them, Yeti Uncle John. You know how Ick sings, like, a montage of hits from whatever year we're talking about? Well, yes, yes. He doesn't do it very well. Don't let him hear you say that. Um, yeah, so you know that... Uh, you know that this is going on and uh, anyway the episodes I'm doing with Martin Holmes at the moment they're the more general music chats about particular bands and things I, I don't remember if we asked Ick to be involved last time um, or whether we should ask or I, don't, I feel like I should tell him um, I I, uh, I, 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 just, I just don't know oh, you think he might be cross yes he thinks he might be cross yeah he might be cross you, 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 you're right there Oh, the spotlight's gone on. Who's out there? Who is it? Hey, 
any yoga vampires? Hmm? Who's there? Weird porn? No, I'm scared. I don't want to say anything. Who is it? Go on, Paul. Speak to him. No, I'm, I'm scared. Hello? Hello? I can see something out there. What's going on? What? Uh, bah! Uh, uh, bah! Are we really doing this? Cluck, cluck, cluck! Cluck, cluck, cluck! Oh, it's just a passing farm. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll go back inside. Hmm. Hmm. How strange. Huh. Anyway, never mind. I've got things to do. Well, I can't believe you pretended to be a cow. Well, you just pretended to be a sheep. Yes, and I just pretended to be a chicken. <laughs> the strange things you make me do, Paul. You see, you were just as scared as I was. Well, maybe you don't do anything. Um, you know, you'll never find out. I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to your show. No, I think that was very unlikely, Paul. You know, why would he? Uh, thanks, guys. Because we had a nice chat and it's interesting... Oh, yes, well, uh, not to eek. No, obviously not to eek. You know, he, he doesn't come from around here, you know. He, 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 if he shows as much interest in the singing that he does as he does to... Well, you know, what you know what I mean. Yes, if he can't, yes, yes. If he can't be bothered to learn the words, he probably doesn't even listen to the episodes. All right, I get that. All right, well, it's time to finish the episode. Uh, sorry, listeners, no eek this time. Well, come back to the Magpar Hut. Uh, have a cup of tea or something. That would be lovely, Itty Uncle John. Yes, I think we'll do that. Uh, bye for now, listeners. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, listeners. Oh, goodbye, listeners. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Bye now. Hmm. What are those three up to? Making cow noises? Making sheep noises? Making chicken noises? They've really lost it now. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I don't know. Humans. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Ew. What's that smell? Oh, I think that was a wonderful episode. Wow, that was a good episode. Oh yeah, that's perfectly normal on the Shy Life Podcast. You know, sometimes I just really wonder about the show. I really do. Six hundred thirty four, 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 six hundred thirty four,